Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. The news on Wilton Spade isn't any different than it was on Tuesday when we aired our game day edition. So at 3.30 p.m. on Saturday, we'll see who lines up under center. From a team perspective, it doesn't really matter. We have to bounce back from last week's horrendous performance, and beating Indiana will take a full team effort. On today's Visitor's Edition, we'll be joined by the longtime radio voice of Indiana football and basketball, Don Fisher. First, let's get started with my view from Section 17. We've had a few days to fret over who will be starting under center on Saturday and maybe even next week down in Columbus. There hasn't been a real update on Wilton's injury this week. He's day-to-day, week-to-week, or done for the season. We've heard it all. Indiana doesn't care who starts at quarterback for us on Saturday. This is a dangerous football team. They are 500, but they put up yards and points on every one they've played this year. The defense is the best they've had in years, and as a team, they have to be taken seriously. Most Big Ten observers say they are a better team than Iowa right now, so we cannot afford a repeat of last week. If anything has hurt Indiana this season, it's turnovers, especially in the last two games. They've had nine. Against Penn State, they had five giveaways alone, and they were still in that game until the very last drive. We just need to get that mojo back and take care of business on Saturday. If we do, Then we can worry about what's next in Columbus. Kevin Wilson has reinvigorated Indiana football. Since he took over as head man, the offense has been explosive. The defense, not so good. This year, the D is much improved, though. Don Fisher has been calling IU football and basketball for 44 years now. He says in all those years, Indiana has never beaten us in the big house. So let's hope that streak is intact after Saturday. Don is with me next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
With us on our visitor's segment this week is the radio play-by-play voice of Indiana football and basketball, Don Fisher, here to talk about the game coming up this Saturday, the final home game for Michigan in the Big House this season. Don, it's great to have you back with us. Thanks for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. And before we talk football, uh, let's just uh, mention basketball. Nice win for Tom Crean and the guys, Jim Harbaugh's brother-in-law. On uh, Friday night in Hawaii, overtime victory over Kansas. Nice way to start the season. No question about it. Uh, Indiana had not faced a, a top team like that uh, to open the season since 1975-76, the year that they went 32-0. and And they play, faced UCLA, who was also number two at that time, and beat them soundly. This time it wasn't necessarily soundly, but it was a victory, and there's no question it was a great one for this Indiana ball club. Great way to start the year, and of course, uh, basketball is coming up soon enough, but right now our focus is on the end of football season, and of course we know what happened to Michigan in Iowa on Saturday night. Let's talk about what happened with IU on Saturday, Don. Lost to Penn State 45-31 to at home in Bloomington, and despite five turnovers, which is amazing, the Hoosiers were in this game down to the final minutes, weren't they? Yeah, they really were. It's it's sad because this team is is just battled like crazy for two years now, and uh, even though they've uh, become they became bowl eligible a year ago with a six and six record, and it looks like they've got a chance at doing that again this year, uh, they just can't seem to find a way to pick up some of these victories that that are so close and yet so far away. If you know what I mean. It's just a struggle at this point for this team to find a way to win certain ball games, and unfortunately, the mistakes that cost them this past weekend were the kind that you can fix. But obviously, the last two weeks, Indiana has really struggled with turnovers, and without question, the week before it was four turnovers, two pass interceptions, a fumble, and a miss or a a block kick, all kinds of different things like that just all kinds of mistakes, and they found a way to win that game. But against a, a team like Rutgers, uh, that's not necessarily surprising. Rutgers has had a tough year. But then against uh, a team like Penn State, you can't afford to have turnovers. In fact, Kevin Wilson in our pregame show Saturday said, I said, what are the critical factors in this game? He said, we can't commit turnovers and we can't have unnecessary penalties. And, <laughs> and both of those things came into fruition in this ball game. Uh, and it cost Indiana. They they literally scored 14 points off of, off of easy turnovers that, that were committed, that ran into points for for Penn State, and then and that was the difference in the ball game. But of course, that last turnover happened within the last 30 seconds of the contest, in which uh, Indiana was trying to make something happen and got our quarterback sacked, and he lost the football on that sack, and and they scored a touchdown on it. So. Uh, it, it was a close game. It was it was uh, exciting. It was back and forth. Indiana's defense, which has gotten a lot of uh, publicity this year for being so much better than it was a year ago, basically last in every statistical category a year ago. This year they're up in the middle of the pack in almost every statistical category, which is a dramatic improvement for a program that hasn't had a team defensively do those kinds of things statistics-wise in probably the last 15, 20 years. Uh, they just haven't been very good defensively. And obviously this year, uh, the change in coaching uh, with the defensive coordinator, Tom Allen, coming in, Mark Hagan, the defensive line coach, coming back to Indiana after a couple of years away, uh, those things have really helped this program. So, uh, again, it, finding a way to win ball games, having that 
ferocious desire to win ball games when they're down to the wire and not make those kinds of mistakes. And uh, that's one of the big problems this team is struggling with right now. You know, after the game, Don, Coach Wilson said uh, he was really proud of the defense. They battled all day, more than bottled up uh, Saquon Barkley. Uh, I think he had just over 60 yards uh, total in the game. But the thing that jumped out at me was 16 tackles for loss, a couple of sacks of uh, Trace McSorley. And then you look at the score, that did not reflect how well the defense competed. They really did their part. Yeah, they did. And there's no question about that. Uh, and again, turnovers played a, a factor in why Penn State won this ball game. But at the same time, in the fourth quarter, and of course we know Penn State has been a tremendous second-half team this year against everybody that they played, uh, Indiana didn't do a very good job in the pass department or pass defense department. But, again, part of that was because Indiana had sold out to make sure that they were going to stop the running game, and they did that. I mean, literally uh, 60 yards for Barkley and I think 74 to 79 yards in total on the ground for Penn State in this game. That's dramatic when you consider that they're, they're one of those teams that average right around 200 yards per contest on the ground. So Indiana sold out to stop the run. We're able to do that throughout this contest, unfortunately, Late in the ball game, Penn State's passing game picked up. They found the quarters on island, so to speak, uh, and the kids, I think, had probably worn down at that point, too, because they were playing so much against the pass in the second half of this contest. But it was a great defensive effort. Uh, the problem now continues to be offense. The offense has been good, uh, but the turnovers kill that, that part of it. And then, of course, uh, you've got to be able to get – touchdowns in the red zone they did a better job this week in that area but they're still struggling uh with balls inside the 20 yard line and getting those balls in the end zone for some reason this team has not been as good at it as previous indiana teams have been um this ball club still racks up a lot of yards but oftentimes it's between the 20s and that's not good enough well don let's talk about this who's your offense that we're going to see uh, in the big house on saturday it all starts with uh, richard Legau who's 214 for 351, just under 3,000 yards passing so far this year, 17 TDs, 13 picks. Talk about his play and what he brings to this offense. Well, he's a big, strong kid. He's more of the, uh, uh, you know, the general generalization about him is he's more the drop-back quarterback, uh, more the NFL-style quarterback. He's not much of a runner. Um, he's 6'5", 6'6", he's about 240 pounds, got a great arm, very good. Uh, uh, early in the year, he struggled a little bit with his accuracy on the longer throws, but those have really come around. He's really had more problems with some of the shorter passes here of late, uh, and especially, you know, reads. And, and part of that is because he's a junior college player who came in this year. He did go through spring ball. Uh, because he came in at the semester break uh, last season and, and then you know went through the fall practice sessions but still isn't as fluid or knowledgeable in the whole complex system that Kevin Wilson uh, puts out there offensively. And at times he struggles a little bit in that area. But most of the time he has been very good. Uh, the pass interceptions didn't happen Saturday, but of course he's had 13 on the year, and those kind of have hurt Indiana at different times. Without question, he is a, a talented young man. He's good, just going to get better, but right now he's still having a little bit of an inconsistency problem, and that's part of the reason that the offense hasn't been as solid as it needs to be. Indiana's also struggled a little bit in the running game at times, and 
this past week. Redding got 100 yards again, uh, got a little over 100 yards in this contest. So the running game was a little bit better against Penn State than it was the week before against Rutgers. Uh, it was really the passing game that won that game for them, even though they had a couple of picks in that contest. But the, the run game hasn't been as consistent as it needs to be either, and that's part of the reason that this offense hasn't been as good this year. The offensive line is solid, but it's not as good as it has been. Uh, they've got a freshman, a true freshman at left tackle who's been there the entire season, and that means that he's not as big and strong and as knowledgeable as he will be at some point, but he has really done a nice job despite that. They've, had, they've lost both right tackles. Uh, they had the starting right tackle uh, go out with a back injury in the second game of the season. And then his backup, Brandon Knight, who was at the left tackle position, kind of alternating with Coy Cronk, the, the freshman, he moved over to the right tackle spot, and he was lost a ga- two games ago uh, with another injury. Uh, and he's out for uh, probably the rest of the season as well. So uh, losing two right tackles like that at Indiana, a lot of teams may be able to take up that slack Indiana struggled with that. They just are not as deep as most of the teams in this league. They're, they're much better talent-wise than they have been, but they're still not as deep as some teams. And, of course, when you lose two guys at the right tackle position, you've lost a lot. So, uh, the, And they've got a, a fifth-year senior who's actually starting at the center position for the first time, so he hasn't seen a lot of playing time over his career. So the, the offensive line is not as good as it has been. It, it's still solid, but it's not quite as good as it has been in the past. Well, in that running game, Devine Redding has 901 yards uh, rushing for IU. He's having a great season. Real drop-off in the numbers after him, though. So he's the workhorse, and I have not seen a lot of him, Don. Can you tell our listeners uh, about him? What kind of a back is he? How big is he? Well, he's not all that big. He's probably about 5'10", 5'11". He weighs about 215 pounds, 215 to 220. Uh, he's a strong runner. Uh, he's, he's got a little bit of quicks to him, but he's not a super fast guy. He's not like Kevin Coleman was a few years ago, and he doesn't have the same power or strength that Jordan Howard had last year. Yet I would look at him as more the Jordan Howard type of runner, uh, kind of the guy that's not afraid to hit the hole, uh, doesn't probably, isn't going to make you miss all that often. Um, He does make people miss on occasion, but he's not as powerful as Jordan Howard was, and he's not as fast as Kevin Coleman. So he's a little bit in between, uh, but he's a solid back. He doesn't make too many mistakes out there. Uh, He sees the field well. Um, and like I said, the blocking at times hasn't been as good as it needs to be, but he has still been able to find some holes and get yardage. And as you pointed out, uh, he's closing in at 1,000 yards with two games left in this regular season, uh, and that's big time for most backs in this league. Oh, absolutely. Just one more note on the offense, Don. That receiving core has really put up some good numbers. Uh, Nick Westbrook, Ricky uh, Jones, and, and Mitchell Page, poor Mitchell, who fumbled twice uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, not a guy that fumbles at all. They all have uh, over 40 catches this year, so that's a nice trio of receivers. Yeah, they really are. Those are solid kids, uh, and they've got a couple of others, too. Kami and Patrick, who... Uh, Kelvin Wilson said uh, last year at the end of the year that this guy was probably the best football player on this team, uh, and he ended up having a knee injury in the spring, uh, an ACL tear that he had to have surgery for, and believe it or not, he is back already and has played in the last three or four ball games now, not dramatic numbers as far as the number of times he's been in there, 
But the last week he got his first touchdown reception, uh, and this past week he came up with three more catches. One was a terrific competitive catch uh, about 40 yards down the field and just outfought a guy for the ball. He's starting to find himself a little bit, so he helps that receiving core as well. And you're right, this is a very good receiving core, and their best receiver, Simi Cobbs, went down in the second game of the season with an ankle injury, a dislocated ankle that he had to have surgery on, and he's being redshirted for the rest of this year. So their best receiver is not even playing, and yet this receiving core has come up and played big all season long. You know, earlier this year I heard Kirk Herbstreit talking about Kevin Wilson um, on game day, and he was uh, praising him. And he said something interesting. He mentioned that he knew when Kevin Wilson got the job uh, at IU that the offense would come along very quickly, but it would take him much more time to build that defense up. And he said, you know, I don't think you can do it at some places in five years. It takes between five and ten for the defense to catch up to an offensive-minded coach. But as Urban Meyer also said, that's the best personnel he's seen IU have uh, on defense uh, since he's been at Ohio State. The talent level is much better on that side of the ball, isn't it, Don? It is, uh, and the experience, uh, the the young guys are more experienced this year. Last year, the defensive backfield was basically freshmen or guys who had not seen very much playing time. The only guy that really had was Richard Fant, who is a junior this year. He's having a phenomenal season. He's the number one defensive pa- or the pass defender in the country in terms of passes defensed. He has that statistic going for him right now. He is number one in the country on passes defense so far this year. He's just done a terrific job, and he's gotten more physical. He's never been a real physical corner uh, or a guy that was really great at tackling once a guy was able to catch the ball, but he has gotten so much better at that, and this year he's just having, I think he's having an all-conference year, and I'd be shocked if he's not first or second team all-conference at a corner position uh, for uh, for IU. He's, he's going to be one of the few guys, and he and T. Gray Scales, Scales, of course, is a junior linebacker who has really flourished in the, new, in the new system that Tom Allen has brought as the defensive coordinator. These two guys have just been so much better. I, just, I think because the system is a little simpler, uh, and they, they go with a 4-2-5, they've got two true freshmen, on this defense that are playing extraordinarily well for freshmen. Uh, And the rest of the guys are just kind of journeyman-type players that Tom Allen's got to believe, uh, got these guys believing that they're much better than anybody's ever thought they could be. And and they're playing extremely hard, and they're playing with a lot of excitement and toughness, and it's just fun to watch. Uh, These guys are really worth uh, your money just to come in and watch them play compared to what the offense has offered up this year and what the offense has been in the past. I mean, if we have last year's offense with this year's defense, this team might be just a one- or two-loss ball club because that's how good I think they could be. But right now they're still dealing with the inexperience on the offensive side, and they're dealing with, of course, the the defense that is so much better and yet is still not superstar status because the defensive line is still a little suspect from a pure talent standpoint. But Mark Hagan, the defensive line coach, is new, and he's got these guys also playing as hard as anybody on the defensive side. They've done a really nice job this year, even though it's not superstar status. Well, they are doing an excellent job, I think. Well, this Saturday, uh, Michigan, of course, has to bounce back, uh, and we know one thing. Uh, IU is going to be a formidable challenge. We had a hard time with Iowa's offense on Saturday night, and for the last couple of years, Don, this, this Kevin Wilson offense has really, really been tough for Michigan's defense uh, to deal with. 
So that's going to be a real interesting matchup, that offense against Michigan's defense. Well, and, and I think that, too. My only concern at this point is that I'm sure that the Wolverines are a little unhappy based <laughs> on the fact that they got beat this past Saturday for the first time this season. And now Indiana's got to take them on after having lost a heartbreaker themselves against Penn State. So, uh, it, it, And they're playing them on the road, of course, at Michigan, where Michigan has uh, rarely been beaten. And I don't think – I know – that Michigan has never been beaten by an Indiana football team in all the years I've been doing these games in Ann Arbor. It, that's 44 years worth. This is my 44th year doing <laughs> IU. So I know that Indiana has never won in Ann Arbor uh, since I've been doing the ball games. And that, that challenge for this Indiana football team, they know as well it's going to be extremely difficult. But at the same time, uh, anything can happen, as we all know. And in truth, I, I really think that the Indiana football team will, as they did a year ago against Michigan here in Bloomington, uh, they will compete. I don't think there's any question about that. That is exactly right. After this wacky weekend that we just saw in college football, you have got to show up every week. We learned that on Saturday. So um, I'm sure, as you said, Michigan, none too happy with the way things went down uh, in Iowa City. So it's going to be interesting. 3.30 kickoff at the Big House. It's senior day uh, for Michigan last home game of the season. So it will be, I'm sure, an entertaining game. I would agree with that. I, I think the big key, of course, from Indiana in Indiana's situation here is they've got to be able to play mistake-free football. And that's that's been a big problem here the last couple of weeks. Uh, at one point up until the last two weeks, I think this team was one of the best at taking care of the football this year with the exception of one game, a five-interception ball game uh, earlier this campaign. But Outside of that, they've done a great job of taking care of the ball. They hadn't fumbled very much, and yet all of a sudden here in the last two weeks, they fumbled it away six, seven times now, and that's just unacceptable. And if they if they do that again against Michigan, they'll have no chance. Well, we shall find out again. 3.30 p.m. kickoff uh, in the Big House Saturday. Uh, with us on our visitor segment today has been the longtime radio play-by-play voice of Indiana football and basketball. Don, always a pleasure having you on the show, and we thank you for taking the time. Mike, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks again. Some game day notes and closing thoughts are next on Quick Hits here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Kits today on the injury front, nothing has changed. As we said at the top of the show, Wilton is out, we think. Channing Stribling and Diamante Thomas were dinged up at Iowa. Both are expected back on Saturday. All things considered, we are in very good shape for the Indiana game. Here are a few game day notes. Michigan leads this series 55-9. The first meeting was here in Ann Arbor on November 3rd of 1900, a 12-0 Michigan win. Last November 14th, we won a wild one in Bloomington, 48-41. Kevin Wilson is in his sixth year as head man at IU. His record is 25-46. and 46. 
The Hoosiers finished last year with a 6-7 and record. They went to the Pinstripe Bowl and lost to Duke 44-41. Their last Big Ten championship was in 1967. They are 5-5 five and five this year. We've had a great weather week so far for mid-November. Uh, that is all supposed to change on Saturday. The weatherman says temps will climb to near 50 in the afternoon with a 90% chance of some rain. Temps will then plummet down to the 30s after the sun sets. So if you're coming to the game, dress warm and bring your rain gear. This Saturday is senior day, and we have a lot of guys playing in the big house for the very last time. So if you're heading to the game, let's get in those seats a bit earlier than usual uh, to greet our seniors and their families as they are introduced for the last time in the big house. I think we're going to bounce back this week, not to say it won't be a challenge with this IU team, but our seniors know what has to be done and what is at stake. Whether it's Wilton, O'Corn, Morris, or Jabril under center, we need to come out and get our mojo back. Kickoff is 3.30 p.m., and the game is being televised on ESPN. Our free show app is available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. If you are an iHeartRadio person, do a search for The Michigan Man and add us to your favorites or playlist. If you get the show from iTunes, please just take a minute to rate or comment on the program. After Saturday, we know what comes next. If we take care of business against Indiana and Ohio State escapes Spartan Stadium with a win, we will have a showdown in Columbus next week, the likes of which we have not seen in 10 years. But first things first. On Tuesday's game day show, we will be joined by the angel of the big house for the seventh year in a row. On Thursday's Visitors Edition, we will welcome in the longtime Buckeye beat writer Tim May from the Columbus Dispatch. So make sure you join us next week. That will do it for our Visitors Edition. Have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until next week, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!